G'day, 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 and welcome everyone. That's our resident scaredy cat, Kate. And that's the horror junkie, Dominic. And you're listening to Shit and Bricks. A podcast where we talk shit about some scary stuff. The sort of fear your asshole knows about. As always, subscribe, rate, and review us. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Shit and Bricks Podcast. All right, drop your dax, pop a squat, and let's get into it. No, I thought you were going to say you were going to read the, every word in the dictionary because that would probably take around Ooh, 127 that's an hours. When we get to like when we get to episode 500 and we've run out of ideas, <laughs> we can do it. Well, funny that you mentioned that because guess what episode number this is? What episode? 27. 27. Holy uh. shit! Well, if we were thinking about it, we pro- we could have flipped them, but no. it doesn't matter. Hindsight. <laughs> It's an ugly thing. <laughs> Hi, Kate. Hi, Dom. How are you? I'm fabulous, <laughs> as usual. <laughs> as usual. How are you? Oh, I'm so well. I'm really pleased about the um, magic of editing. <laughs> <laughs> we talk Did... some serious garbage pre and post pod. And which keep your uh, uh, peepers peeled because we're probably we're going to have a Patreon really soon. And oh I'm excited about God. that. I know yeah. it's coming, it's happening, it's going to be there. And I genuinely think that our pre rambles and post rambles are the funniest, sometimes the funniest parts. <laughs> we try not to undersell our podcast, but we will put some of those up on our Patreon. So if you want to know what Dom and I were laughing about, you just have to bloody wait and see and, and cough up the cash. The cashola, the coin. <laughs> Yes, I'm very excited for that to, to happen. It's, it's about time and we can buy new things like some new microphones and Yes, lighting. I've yeah, there's an lighting. issue with that. If, also if you're on our socials, you'll know exactly what is wrong with my lighting. Oh God. Well, let's jump into it before we get into the actual story for this week. Um, we've got to do our Boopod network shout out. Oh yeah. Which, that's my job this week. And this one I'm particularly excited to talk about because <clears throat> as soon as they joined um, Boopod, I was like, oh my God, I, like, you know, why weren't they a part of our lives earlier? Mm. Um, so this week I'm featuring um, uh, the Haunted Housewives podcast. <gasps> yeah, classic. Oh. Every every white man's nightmare. <laughs> the haunted housewife. Woo! Do you know what? I would probably watch that as a TV show instead of doubt. like Housewives of fucking everywhere. Sheboygan. Yeah, Sheboygan. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, it just I can't believe that that's television. But no, back to Haunted Housewives podcast. Yes. You know, I've said this about other podcasts, but again, they're so similar to us in in the sense that they literally just talk a bunch of shit and they've got the most beautiful little high-pitched voices. I hope that I'm not coming for them or it's not a read. They just have such beautiful and um, just instantly funny voices. But they do really interesting stories, a lot like what we do. Um, So, you know, we might do the classics, but they'll come out and do some really, like, random, um, random things like The Giggling Granny is one of the episodes. Um... Or the Candy Lady, or but they did one on Bonnie and Clyde, which I just think is really amazing as well. And then they'll awesome. do some of the main stories like Slender Man and and so on. But highly recommend going and checking them out. They are 
hilarious their episodes are about as long as ours you know an hour to an hour and a half sometimes um, and they're really sweet they're really funny so we're gonna play their promo for you now boop bada boop hi i'm carly and i'm tara and we are the haunted housewives if you enjoy tales of sexy mothman historical hauntings dark humor and the macabre then tune in wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts stay your barefoot and haunted Oh my gosh, wasn't that just amazing, Kate? That was so good. <laughs> the magic that of editing. Great. The magic of editing, the magic of radio. Welcome. <laughs> and welcome, Kylie and Tara. So glad to have connected with you and your fans are so awesome as well. So go and check them out. Here's so. a question for you. You know, like Benefar and like um, Brangelina, mm-hmm. what would Sarah and Tara's uh, couple name be? Uh Tara to, or Sarah? <laughs> to Sarah? To Sarah. Sata, Satra, Sarata. Amazing. I, for some reason, that popped into my head. I thought that was funny. So that is, again, not a read. <laughs> Love you guys. We do. You have a think, Kate. What would our power couple Oh, that's name, a great question. Be. All I right. dare you to dream. <laughs> I know what I'll be focusing on this episode. So yeah, don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, story time. Because this one isn't too long, but there's a lot to it. But I want to set the context a little bit. That's okay. Um, I'm not worried about the the. <laughs> I was just about the to time. Say, I'm not worried about the length. It's about <laughs> <laughs> the girth. <laughs> it's about the quality. <laughs> Size does matter. Holy moly. <laughs> uh, no, I am excited. I'm really super stoked for this story. I love again. We, you know, we always say, but uh, this was another one I don't know of, and yep. I learn so much doing this, which is half of the fun of this podcast. I genuinely have so many dinner table conversations now, based on our episodes. It's killer. Yep. So you go for it, and you can too, listeners. Now you've got a bunch of stuff that you can share at the dinner table too. But oh, yeah. Um, yeah, some context about this week's episode. So obviously by now people would have figured out it's called Death Island. Um, and I did not plan to originally do this story. This is something that I honestly just stumbled across when I was vegging out on the couch going, oh, I just want to watch something really stupid before I go to bed. Um, and when I mean stupid, I mean something that's like a mystery or a crime or a horror or something like that. That's what I watched to wind down. Perfect. So I was on Stan and I saw this advertisement for Death on the Beach, which that's going to be our pop culture reference for the week. Amazing. We'll put a link on Mondays so you can all, excuse me, see the um, the advertisement for it. But Yay. I click on it and I'm like, okay, what's this about? And the first thing that pops up is the island of Koh Tao in Thailand. Now, why is that relevant? You may ask. <laughs> oh my God, I did ask that. <laughs> Well, the reason why I'm sharing all of this contextual stuff first is because I'm about to go to Thailand in about a week's time. It's my first holiday. I've talked about it a few times now in our episodes, but I'm about to go away for the first time in three years and I'm just so pumped. And guess what? I'm going to the island (gasps) of Koh Tao. No. AKA Death Fucking Island. Stop it. So it was meant to be Kate. So I didn't watch it straight away. I was like, okay, what's this about? And I did a bunch of research and immediately went, I have to do this as an episode because folks, as you're listening, 
I'm probably on a ferry on my way to Koh Tao in real time. Oh my God. As we speak. IRL. Yes. So this <laughs> is like our first in-person sort of story setting type thing, Kate, which is really cool. I'm so excited. We're finally traveling. We're taking it worldwide. Yes. Our first tour is in Thailand. <laughs> this is amazing. I can't wait. <laughs> which, you know, for a lot of Aussies can be a first place that you go. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, I can't believe that I'm about to go to this island. I watched the show as well, Death on the Beach. Um, you can watch it on Stan as well. Do, you should I'm, watch it on the plane. <laughs> I will, will rewatch it. No, Just it as is a real thrill. I'm, I've scared the fucking shit out of myself, Kate. Just put, <laughs> putting that out there. I can't believe that I'm actually going here. And I thought I've got to tell this story. So anyway, folks, I'm going to get into it. But uh, yeah, I'm... Let's hope that I survive my three, four days on Death Island in I hope person. So. I really hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, this is probably one of the last episodes that I'm ever going to record. That's so true. Okay, so name of the episode, Death Island, or otherwise known as Koh Tao, uh, is in Thailand. Now, I got most of my information from the, the show Death on the Beach, uh, a great article called Strange Out, uh, on strangeoutdoors.com. And the title of the article is True Crime in the Outdoors. And then obviously, got to love Wikipedia. So anyway. I do. I really do. Let's get into it. Now, on the 15th of September, 2014, the bodies of Hannah Witheridge and David Miller were found on Sari Beach on the island of Koh Tao between 4am and 5am, a few hours after their deaths. Now, both victims had been hit several times on the head. Witheridge had been raped and Miller had been drowned. Oh. Yeah, I'm jumping straight in. We're not... You go, let's go for it. Beating around <laughs> the bush here. baby. Let's get in. Yeah. Cannonball. <laughs> <laughs> so, the police investigation and criminal trial were widely criticised by international media, human rights organisations and legal experts. Two weeks later, two illegal Burmese migrant workers were blamed for the deaths primarily on the basis of DNA evidence and confessed, supposedly, following mm. an hours-long interrogation. The suspects were initially denied access to legal counsel and alleged that police used torture and threats to secure a confession. Pathologists and legal experts criticised the police for mishandling the evidence, allowing contamination of the crime scene, our favourite, and right. failing to use experts to collect forensic evidence. Now, in 2015, in the month of December, the pair were convicted of the murder and sentenced to death. If you don't know, Thailand is pretty cutthroat when it comes to crime, especially yep. drugs. Uh, we know a lot about that in Australia. Um, attempts to appeal the sentence failed, but a royal decree was issued by King. And there's like about 20 letters in this name, but I'm going to give okay. it a crack. Give it, please. For Please do. King Vajira Longkorn. Vajira Longkorn. Vajira Longkorn. In 2020, commuting the death sentences to just life imprisonment. Okay. Okay, so what the fuck actually happened, Can shall we? Can I make we? a suggest, like a suggestion on a straw poll? Would you prefer death penalty or life in prison? <sighs> if I was the criminal, <clears throat> no, I'd yeah, still. Well, you would just, you would assume you were the criminal yeah. if if this is on the table for you. 
<laughs> this isn't just like a, <laughs> a random citizen. Yeah. If you're the criminal, so you've done it. You've 100% done it. Like in someone's offering you life in prison or death penalty. Yeah. Even what, if, what do you pick? If I have or even if I hadn't done it, I'd still do life imprisonment because I'd want to fight it as much as I There's possibly a could. Got you. And There's a chance. I feel like I'm a good person and I would want to repent and prove and get back out. Like life's too nice. bloody precious. I wouldn't want to give up on it. I, That's true. Yeah. I get you. And plus, I mean, you, you can see all those stories. People get ripped when they're in prison. Like you just be at the gym. Sure. Working on your fitness every day. Yeah. I could get That's a husband. A I'd get really thin eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> Some piercings. I like prison dom. Prison dom's cute. I would <laughs> Not make... that regular dom isn't cute, but prison yeah. dom sounds really cute. <laughs> <laughs> I would totally make prison wine as well. <laughs> Okay. Sorry to sidetrack you. <laughs> totally. Let's get, let's get back. So what happened? What happened to these people? So the government of Thailand was concerned the murders might affect tourism to the island. Now, mm. this island is fucking stunning. I can't put into words. There's a reason why I'm going there, and it's really well known for diving. Um, and we'll share photos. But, yeah, they were seriously concerned. Tourism is such a big part of Thailand's economy. <clears throat> Um, there were there was a drop in um, arrivals in the months following the murders. However, the event did not really materially affect tourism to the island over the following years. Hey, I'm fucking going there, so you totally you're you're off. Yeah. You're, on, you're there right now as people are listening to this. <laughs> exactly. It's not like it was on the brochure. You might not want to come here. It's Death Island. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spelling mistake. <laughs> Mistype. <laughs> Deborah accidentally put that <laughs> instead of Kota. Deborah. Come on, Deb. Get your bloody shit sorted. All right. A little bit more about the island of Kotao. It is loca- located in southern Thailand. Think of Thailand as almost like a really weak letter C. Sort of that mm-hmm. sort of shape. It's got a really bulbous Kirby shape. head at the top. And then it's sort of almost like an inverted uh, Italy. And then there's a bunch of little yeah. islands on either side of the mainland. Um, but the island of Koh Tao itself measures only 21 square kilometers or eight square miles in area. So it's quite small. Yeah. Very little. You're going to have to zoom in on Google Maps to find it. Uh, it is the smallest of three popular tourist islands in the Gulf of Thailand. Receiving half a million visitors each year, Koh Tao is especially popular with backpackers and is known for its marine life and scuba diving. It has over 100 hotels and resorts and was deemed the busiest diving centre in Southeast Asia in 2014. That's when this story takes place. In 2014, the island had a population of around 5,000 locals and Burmese migrant workers made up an additional 5,000 Around 2,000 of those migrant workers are illegal immigrants who bribe local police by paying just 500 baht each month. But Ooh. that's a shit ton of money to them. It's not maybe to the us, locals? but to the yeah. locals it is. <clears throat> Especially how little they get paid. Yeah. Now, these illegal workers often reside with friends on the island, making it difficult to identify them. You know, There's no record of these people. Some of these workers said they can earn money in Thailand compared to Myanmar. And the murders were the first cases of homicide on the island in over eight years. Oh, that's sad. They had a good record. Mm. Do you reckon someone had like the whiteboard <laughs> and they had to scratch out the eight and put a zero? Yeah. No, <laughs> number of years since last death. Well, oh. you have no idea how this story is going to unfold because there's some twists really and don't. some turns. Do I have to keep the whiteboard out? Yep. Now, okay. 
Heather, let, sorry, not Heather, Hannah and David, let's a little bit more about them. The yep. victims, uh, Hannah was 23 um, and David was 24, uh, both from the UK. Both were students who were backpacking in Thailand. Witheridge had completed an undergraduate study in education at the University of East Anglia and had started postgraduate studies in speech and language therapy at the University of Essex. Miller had just completed his undergrad in civil and structural engineering in the University of Leeds and was starting a master's degree. Now he was traveling to Southeast Asia with a friend after completing a six week work placement in Australia. Yeah, mate. Australia. G'day, mate. Get a couple of these VBs into you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, classic, he was working with a mining company. Oh, of course. Uh, but he arrived in Thailand in August. So they didn't know each other. Um, they, they arrived separately. Uh, Witheridge was traveling with three other friends um, and Miller was with two others. And the two met in Kotal while staying at the same hotel. Guess which motherfucking hotel I'm staying at? Um, the Sheraton. <laughs> the same hotel that they are staying oh, at. Oh, no! <laughs> so... Was that on purpose? No, Kate, which is even freakier than fuck. It's... I thought it would have been on purpose because obviously you watch the Death Beach show and the thing and then Kane's organising all these amazing things. and The receipts oh, damn. are booked, Kate. Like, it's intense. That is so cool, but creepy. Creepy, creepy, creepy. So, the murder. What actually happened? Now, Miller and Witheridge were last seen at a bar called the AC Bar with friends at a party on Sunday night with around 50 people, mostly foreign tourists, before they left together at 1am. Their bodies were discovered on Sari Beach, which is the main beach, a few hours later between 4 and 5am. So 1 to 4 or 5am, there's, you know, a window of something happening. Mm-hmm. Now, they were discovered by a mute Burmese beach cleaner. I don't know why they needed to go into that detail, but okay, interesting. Okay. Um, Miller's body was found floating in the water and Witheridge's was on the beach. The bodies lay approximately 20 metres apart and 30 metres away from their hotel. Oh. I've got the name, but I'm not going to mention it. <laughs> okay. All right. As in the name of the hotel? Yeah. Oh, are you going to go there? Yeah, I'm staying there. <laughs> oh, of course, that one, yeah. <laughs> um, but are you going to go to, like, where their bodies were? Yeah, if the AC bar was, you know... I'll, 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 I'll give you an idea of what I am and am not going to do at the end of the story because I've learned perfect. a lot about, oh my God, okay. about this. I'm so excited. Now, very nearby the bodies was a bloody hoe, as in the, the, the gardening instrument, Kate, not <laughs> the colloquial hoe. name that my friends call what? me. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, you bloody ho. Hey, you bloody ho. Now, it's believed to be the murder weapon, and there was also a wooden club, which were found near the bodies, along with three cigarette tips and a used condom. Oh, yuck. Both bodies were found semi-naked. A pile of clothes was found nearby as well. Now, the police moved the bodies to prevent them from being swept up in the rising tide, which is logical, but it really does... It's a challenge for, you know, forensic evidence. Yeah. Local residents, not the police, but local residents blocked the pier to prevent the unidentified killers from leaving the island. Okay. So it's a good little, like, you know, what's her name? 
that writes the mystery books. Agatha Christie. Yeah, Agatha Christie yep. type thing, like yeah. stuck on an island, who done it? Little man with a mustache, Poirot, which means to rock up. <laughs> let's get Poirot in here. Yeah. Let's lock everybody in the beach. Let's go to the AC bar, have a time. <laughs> we'll just wait for, the, for Frenchie to turn up and see what happens. Grab another bucket. <laughs> now, an autopsy revealed that both victims were hit by a hard object resulting in head and face wounds. Miller had scratches on his back and water in his lungs, indicating drowning. Withedra's body indicated she had been raped. Obviously, I mentioned that. There was mm-hmm. tearing present at the vulva, bruising on the perineum, and a bite mark on her right nipple. So it's quite... Oh. A, it's obviously quite a violent... I know rape is inherently violent, but, you know, the details, this... it's quite interesting that that sort of stuff was yeah. at least captured on the autopsy. Yep. Now, DNA was also collected from these three areas and sent to a police forensics lab for analysis. However, her clothes were never tested for DNA. Why? Mm. Great question. Look, it was quite interesting in the television show, and they didn't do it in the article, but in this TV series, it's really interesting to hear from some of the police that were on the island, some of the senior investigators that were there at the time, what their reason, excuses, and what their process was in doing this, and then hearing the medical professionals, and then hearing like some journalists going and finding out what the truth really was. Like, it's Mm. so many inconsistencies on what one body of people are saying versus the other. So it's really hard to get down to the facts about this one. down to brass tacks. Mm -hmm. Mm. So the investigation. Now, due to concerns the murders might affect foreign tourism in Thailand, the national authorities sought to expedite the investigation into the murders, which sounds great, but, you know, that never really works. It doesn't. I've seen that movies. Mm. Now, the police was under pressure to produce results quickly, which affected how they conducted the investigation. The police initially speculated about who the culprit might be, alleging various individuals of perpetrating the crime without clear evidence, which was definitely supported in the television show. Mm. They focused on foreign nationals first, with a spokesperson for the police claiming ties wouldn't do this. Some migrants who were questioned complained that officers scalded them with boiling water during interrogations and allegations which were denied by the police, obviously. Yeah. After initially failing to find a match to one of the migrant workers, the police focused their attention on Western tourists related to the victims. They highlighted a British tourist who had shared a room with Miller as a suspect, labelling it a crime of passion. He became the subject of a nationwide manhunt before the police quickly dropped the lead. So it was all just for nothing. Just fluff. Nada. Several other suspects were also named amid pressure to produce results, a new one every other day. Over 200 individuals on the island, many of them migrant workers, were tested in a mass DNA testing. Okay. Which, you know what, I'm actually all for. There's been stories that I've heard and we've both listened to where they... You know, they get stuck in an investigation and they just do shot-in-the-dark testing of DNA to hopefully match. And, you know, sometimes it can work, but definitely is a desperate move. Mm. Now, 
According to the prosecution in the subsequent case, CCTV footage analysed by the police showed three individuals riding a motorcycle to a 7-Eleven where they bought beer and cigarettes before going towards Sari Beach. Footage near the crime scene also showed one of the three men running into a shortcut. One of the men, Mau Mau, resided nearby. Now, two weeks after the bodies were found on the 1st of October 2014, police interrogated Mau Mau, who said he took the motorcycle and separated from the other two men before the murders had occurred and found them both asleep by the time he had returned. Hmm. Police entered the home the next day. Only one of the men, Zhao Ling, was present. Following an interrogation during which police say Zhao Ling admitted he had entered the country illegally, Zhao Ling was arrested and his clothes and motorcycle were seized as evidence. The second man, Wao Foy, was believed to have left the island by boat the previous night. Oh, he was, sus. Mm, he was found hiding on the boat later on the 2nd of October, so the day after. Mm-hmm. Both men were 22-year-old illegal migrant workers from Rakhine, Myanmar, who worked in the hospitality industry, and they had no prior criminal records. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. Now, during an hours-long interrogation during which the police used Burmese food vendors as interpreters because the pair could not speak Thai, the suspects then confessed to the murders. Oh, did they, though? Mm. Because, like, I'm flipping tacos and interpreting and not really my job i'm just like yeah this guy said he like did a murder uh can i go back to work yeah <laughs> like, not you know and you have to understand that, that like the even just the dynamics between yeah a country where there are so many illegal workers who are afraid hiding you know and they're just trying to make ends meet i can't describe to you the level of sort of poverty that some people live in here and what they have to do to survive, right? Yeah. Now, they stated they were driven by a desire to rape the victim following sexual arousal when they saw the couple kissing on the beach. The police said the suspect's DNA matched a sample of semen taken from Witherage's body and to the hoe and cigarette butts found near the body. Early police reports said Miller's mobile phone was also found in Zhao Ling's home, although the media had previously reported the phone was handed to police by a friend of the victim. Mm, another sus. In the trial, the prosecution said the phone was found smashed at the home of a friend of Zhao Ling's. The police then forced the suspects to reenact the murder in front of media, a move which was obviously condemned by legal experts. Yeah. Well, I don't have to... Leading, leading the witness, mm. leading the media, like that's a bit dumb. Yeah. Now, Zhao Ling and Wei Foy retracted their statements following a visit from a consular, consular lawyer from Myanmar and said they had made their statements under duress after they had allegedly been beaten, left naked in a freezing room and threatened with electrocution and an extrajudicial killing. The National Police Chief, Somyot Pumpanamaung, denied that torture was involved in the confessions. Of course they do. Of course they do. Thailand's National Human Rights Commission attempted to investigate the allegations, but police representatives did not appear at four of the scheduled meetings. Ugh. A defence team from Bangkok composed of nearly 20 lawyers were only permitted half an hour to meet with the men. 
a request by the defence was to delay the hearing and allow more time to prepare, and that was denied by a judge. Which is that's not yeah. There's so yeah. There's so many like red flags here, right? Yeah, you know, it's already. It's not necessarily whether they did or didn't do it. It's about that f- sense of fair trial and act that's right. All the, that stuff. The judiciary process. Oh, well done, Kate. Is that a word? You did it. You smashed that. <laughs> yes. Now, a 900-page police report was produced to guide the prosecution's case, but the defence were not even allowed to see the report until the trial began. So that's not. Yeah. That's not how it works. I'm not even a lawyer, but I've seen loads of The Good Wife and I know how pretty much how it works. <laughs> so. Yeah, you, you know, it's just how are you supposed to get a proper defence if you don't even know what's being presented? Yeah. Public prosecutors initially rejected the report asking for certain flaws to be fixed, more information to be supplied and for the report to be made more succinct. In December 2014, the suspects were each indicted on five charges premeditated murder, killing to conceal a criminal offence, rape, illegal entry into Thailand and staying in the country without permission. Wai Foy was also charged with stealing Miller's phone. (sighs) Trial and conviction. Now, an 18-day trial began on the 8th of July 2015 in the Koh Samui Provincial Court. So Koh Samui is a slightly larger island, which is just a little bit further south from Kotao. According to an observer, the Mm -hmm. sittings lasted over 10 hours each day. The suspects were defended pro bono by two lawyers from the Lawyers' Council of Thailand. The trial was attended by external observers, including representatives from Amnesty International and the UK's Foreign Commonwealth and Development Office. So they're allowed to observe not participate they can watch contribute but not yeah. do anything really yeah. but do they like write like a like a do they write a report about it um, going yeah. like we observed this thing and this was fucking sus as mm-hmm. <laughs> okay that seems futile but okay direct quotations from the trial are unavailable as the judges did not permit the public to take any notes the decision was criticized by the solicitors international human rights group one of the observers at the trial so yeah so there's no transcripts or anything no not like johnny depp and amber heard where you could just watch it on youtube live and see what happens these guys got totally screwed trust the states to turn something like that into a bloody ratings thing it's just oh i know piss off you don't need to know all right yeah Uh, the prosecution's case uh focused on findings of the police and medical examiner with an emphasis on the dna evidence They argued that the defendants intended to kill Miller using a hoe to hit him multiple times on the head. The hoe was then used to knock Witheridge unconscious, after which the defendants used force to hold her down and took turns raping her before killing her with the hoe. There were no known eyewitnesses to the murders. Now, the defence claimed that the investigation was flawed due to mishandling of forensic evidence. Just remember that. Yes. Lack of legal representation during interrogations, use of threats and intimidation to secure a confession, preach, uh, and and intimidation of witnesses. They argued that the defendants, since they were vulnerable as illegal migrant workers, were scapegoated by the police for the crime. You know, ties don't do this. Yeah, exactly. 
The defence provided a separate explanation for the events on the night. It was said that the pair went swimming on the same beach earlier that night and when they got out of the water, they found their clothes had disappeared. After unsuccessfully trying to find their possessions, they walked towards Mau Mau's house through the shortcut, which resulted in them being caught on CCTV. They said while Foy found the mobile phone dropped on the beach and so he kept it. Ostensibly, while Foy changed jobs at the end of September and was travelling by boat to Surat Thani for his new job on the day he was arrested. That was the reason why he was seen fleeing the the island. Classic. The defence struggled to find members of the public willing to testify at the trial as many feared retribution, hence their alibi was not considered convincing by the court. Mm. Now, on July 10th, the court ordered the DNA to be retested. Police revealed that the samples from Witheridge's body were used up and they, and they were unable to provide DNA samples from the murder weapon. So, so they, they've got really nothing then? Yeah. Well, they had the initial testing, but this was... Oh, they, okay, cool. This is later. They, were, they asked yeah, to yeah. get it retested. The defence asked to get it retested and lo and behold, there's none left. We can't do it. All saws. Yeah. All dried up. But just remember that part about the evidence, okay? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Uh, police revealed, no, I told you that, the head of the country's Central Institute of Forensic Science found that the DNA on the hoe did not match the defendants. Mm. Okay. The prosecution also claimed the defendants entered the country in violation of the Immigration Act of 1979. Zhao Lin was said to have entered between 2011 and 2012 and Wao Foy in 2012. Both entered through the Rangnong province allegedly without presenting themselves at a port of entry and without possessing a passport they pled not guilty to the charge at the trial but Walfoy changed his plea to guilty during the proceedings now several cct cameras near the near the crime scene were reported to be non-functional and cameras near the pier were not checked by the police at all why that makes sense it's the pier like they were on the beach like what's the go I love that. It's always, you know, every single episode of Law and Order when they're just like, hey, you got any cameras? Oh, they're not working. None of them work. Mm. Nobody's cameras ever work when there's a moiter. Yeah. yeah. Now, the DNA analysis in the case, which was not subject to independent oversight or verification, was provided to the court as a one-page summary with four supporting pages, some of it handwritten with amendments. (laughs) Post-it notes right. and white out. Yeah, here you go. That's incredible. <laughs> Holy yeah. Now, Jane Talpin, an Australian forensic scientist brought in by the defence, claimed that the timeline of DNA extraction was dubious. A rapid analysis of DNA samples had happened in less than 12 hours, which she, which she said was unusual because extracting DNA from mixed samples was difficult and very time-consuming. Hmm. Taupin was ultimately not allowed to testify by the defence and these issues were not raised by the defence until their closing statement. Classic. So they're just like, hey, come be a science scientist and do your science and then she does it and they go, we don't like that science, so actually never mind. But well, I think it was more that the defence wanted her to be able to testify. That's why they yeah, got her course. in, but they got it got mm. rejected. So they made the, the strategic decision to go, well, what good is it as you know, we can't even uh, link or we can't even mention this because we can't bring in anyone to 
to support yeah, of course, it to, just, to, to testify for it yeah and we're yeah. just going to sound like that we are making excuses so they just they you know it's quite a common thing they just leave it at the end to raise questions in people's minds mm. at the very end um, yes of course yeah yeah media reports speculated that that um that was because of the defense was wary of calling on forensic experts fearing it could be it could appear as undermining the thai justice mm-hmm. system um, okay, on the 24th of December 2015, Xiao Ling and Wei Fao were found guilty of murdering Witheridge and Miller by the three judges and were sentenced to death. The conviction was primarily guided by the DNA evidence, which we know is shaky as shit. Yeah, at best. And the court said it did not consider their confessions in making the judgment. So they say that they didn't, you know. They did, though. They definitely did. Yeah. I don't know. I think they did. Now, Walfoy was also convicted of theft for allegedly stealing a phone and sunglasses from Miller's body. They were both also charged with entering the country illegally, to which Walfoy had already confessed. Zhao Lin was not convicted of this charge because he held a work permit for the two years preceding the murders. Okay. A lawyer for the men, Nakon Kamchakat, said he will appeal as soon as we can. Can we just we just need a copy of the court's verdict? It will take a bit of time to find loopholes and to appeal. I love how just blame. We're gonna find loopholes, babe. It's gonna be something. <laughs> we'll be especially we'll fucking Deborah fun. was writing it up. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Debbie, get your shit together, Deborah. Yeah. Did you see what I did there? That's called com- that was, comedic ingenious uh, and timing where I looked something That was wonderful. That was a cute little, that was a callback right there. That was a great little bookend. Fabulous. Um, uh, attempts to appeal the sentence to the High Court in 2017 were unsuccessful. The Supreme Court of Thailand upheld the sentence in August 2019, stating that the police handled the case correctly. Get, Ugh, wrong. get fucked. Blah. Get fucked. And the fr- Put another post-it yeah. note over that one. That's false. <laughs> and that the forensic evidence was clear, credible, and detailed. Wrong, wrong. No, yeah. it wasn't. Now, the death sentences, luckily, were commuted to life imprisonment on the 14th of August 2020 following a royal decree to commemorate King Vajira Longkon's birthday and illustrate the king's clemency. Oh, that's your birthday present, Dom. Mm. That's what I'm getting. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to kill those random people in prison. They'll just be in there for life. Yeah. Happy birthday. How nice am I? <laughs> now, the commutation was welcomed by David Miller's family, one of the victim's mm. family. Okay. What was the reaction? <clears throat> oh, I would love to know. Mm. Please tell. Are you you're going to tell I'm me? I'm going to tell you. In the episode there. Okay. So, obviously, <laughs> the investigation was met with criticism, as I said. Yeah. Um, Amnesty International stated that Thailand must initiate an independent, effective and transparent investigation into mounting allegations of torture and other ill treatment by police. Mm. They also raised concerns with the absence of legal counsel prior to the confession, as well as difficulties with translation and interpretation. Human Rights Watch said the case was profoundly disturbing and called for the verdict to be reviewed in a transparent and fair appeal process. Thailand's National Human Rights Commission said the circumstances surrounding the arrest of the two Myanmar workers were dubious, leading to impressions the suspects were not aware of their rights and that justice had not been done. Mm. So even their own National Human Rights Commission. Yeah, they're like, oh, we might have not done that the best we could have. 
The International Commission of Jurists said the defence must be afforded adequate time and facilities to explore whether the alleged destruction of evidence in this case was appropriate and unavoidable and to test the prosecution case overall. So the, the evidence, DNA evidence, supposed DNA evidence was quickly destroyed, so there was no way to retest. And yeah. they were also talking to the fact that they didn't see any of these reports until the day of the trial, which, you know, no one's that good That's, a lawyer. No. I mean, many, yeah. Maybe Tom Cruise in for a good man? <laughs> nah, he would be cross. He wouldn't do that. Laura Linney in that um, oh, yeah. David Gale movie. God, that's a good yes. movie. Oh my God, that's so good. She's great too. Yeah. Oh, we got distracted. Many raised concerns that contamination cast doubt upon the forensic evidence. Officials, journalists, and tourists were seen walking around the crime scene. The type. Oh, yeah. Right? Just wandering around, picking up shells. Good for you. And Thai it's a fucking crime scene. Yeah, and the Thai police did not use trained or independent specialists to collect the forensic evidence either. Oh, so they just picked it up in doggy bags, yeah. like, this will do. So, porn tip, uh, Rajana Sananan, a Thai, yeah, a Thai forensic scientist, testified at the trial that the crime scene was poorly managed. A British defence lawyer, Felicity Jerry QC, said the trial was far too rushed and unfair to the defence. Experts have considered the forensic investigation to have been incompetent and to have possibly framed the suspects. <gasps> mm. Not a framing. Now, they framed them. Everybody, bear with me because this story is about to get fucked up. I'm ready. An opinion piece in Bangkok Post wrote that practically no one believes Xiaolin and Wei Fao really brutally murdered English tourists. Adding, in Thai media of all kinds, the consensus is that Win and Zhao Lin are scapegoats. Another commentary in the paper stated that the overwhelming public scepticism stems from the police's long-standing notoriety for arresting poor and powerless scapegoats to save rich criminals who can afford to buy their innocence. Rumours began to circulate with residents on the island saying the island is controlled by a mafia who have information about the culprits and claimed that the police is covering for them. Oh, okay. This is saucy. Yes. Things are going to change quite drastically <laughs> soon. Now, the, All right. the Prime Minister of Thailand, Prat Chan Ocha, said um, Witheridge and just foreign female tourists in general thought that our country is beautiful and safe and they can do whatever they want, wear bikinis wherever they like. I'm asking if they wear bikinis in Thailand, will they be safe? Only if they are not beautiful. Oh, oh no, you done fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. If you are ugly, if you are fucking disgusting to look at, put on all the bikinis you want, babe, and then you'll be safe. Yeah. But if you are slightly attractive, you'll probably be murdered because you're too pretty and you shouldn't be wearing a bikini. It's your fault. Mm. Yes. Oh, what a fucking idiot. Yeah. Now, look, if I'm not going to go into the details of it, but for cultural and religious reasons in Thailand, showing skin, knees, certain body parts, all that sort of stuff, it, it sure. is actually a very sensitive thing. Obviously, Absolutely. if you're at the beach. You know, things are yep. different and it's not in all settings, that sort of stuff. But there is no place in the world for this kind of commentary. And this is the Absolutely. prime minister. 
Because it's not like the, it's not even the, um, you know, obviously it's the, you know, people think they can come here and just wear, wear all this stuff and, you know, dis- disrespect our culture. Full stop. That totally, yep, understandable. And I do appreciate and get that. But the secondary to that, people think they can come here and wear bikinis. And you can, unless you're really pretty and you'll get murdered, yeah. is basically what he said there. That's, what a thrill. What, what a kick up. Yeah. What a gentleman. What a gentleman. Hey, but he did. Is this the same one that stopped the people from being killed for his birthday? Yes. Just no, no, no. Person. That was the king. So that was it's the separate. King. Sorry. Separate. Okay. Separate. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. Now, he did later apologize for the comment after it was met with backlash. <gasps> Shock no horror. <laughs> the UK government expressed concerns with the investigation and summoned a Thai diplomat in London to discuss them. Um, despite not initially being permitted to assist with the investigation, British police observers, including homicide detectives from the Metropolitan Police and forensic experts, they were initially, I mean, they were eventually permitted to enter Thailand to observe the investigation. The team were only allowed to spend two hours on Koh Tao and did not meet with the suspects or the defence. Now, their findings were never made public, but were shared with the families of the victims. Prayat said the British and Burmese government representatives were limited to observation and had to respect our processes. So that was the Mm. Prime Minister said that. Okay. The guilty verdict resulted in widespread protests in Myanmar, obviously. Protesters called the release of the two suspects who they believed were innocent and scapegoated for the crime. The protest angered Thailand's Prime Minister, who believed the demonstrations were a plot instigated to hurt the government. He announced that he had ordered all security-related agencies to track down those who are behind the Myanmar demonstrations. Hacker group Anonymous published a video on the 3rd of January 2016 criticising the verdict. Police and court systems were hacked or taken offline in the following days and a stash of personal information obtained from the court's servers was posted publicly. Mm. Gotta love Anonymous. Same. Gotta love it. In 2014, murders, along with other deaths and disappearances of tourists, led to British tabloids labelling Koh Tao as Death Island. A 2016 study said the case, which it described as a litmus test for Thailand's justice system, seriously damaged the image of Thailand and its forces of law and order on the global level. So... You ready for this story to go very, very pear shaped? Is it now going more pear shaped? Oh I God. thought that was the pear. Were we just at the tip of the pear? So hit me, hit me with the pear. That was Hannah Witheridge and David Miller, the story of 2014. Okay. But their story is not the only story, Kate. How many stories? Why is this? Tell me stories. I'm going to tell you stories. Now, the main story in Death. On the beach, the the TV series I told you about. Yes, that was the the main story. Uh, starts off with a completely different person that died very mysteriously, and in sort of similar ish kind of as in terms of the investigation, similar uh, circumstances. Uh-huh. So, Hannah and David are not the only people to have died on Death Island. So, in two thousand and twelve. A gentleman named Ben Harrington died of a very suspect moped accident. Now, he was there with family. And mopeds, we fine, that can be dangerous things. But he died very 
randomly and in really sort of suspicious circumstances and the sort of the investigation and everything that followed was kind of weird and strange and they were going to cremate his body like the day after that he died and it took a lot for the family to get that stopped. So Ben Harrington in 2012. Nick Pearson in 2014, the same year, was found floating in an island bay at the foot of a 50-foot drop by scuba divers in the sea after he disappeared following a night out with his family on New Year's Eve. His body was found at the beach at the Hillside Resort on Kotao on the 1st of January 2014. Despite claims of a fall, he had no broken bones. While police ruled out foul play, Nick's family, who say officers did not investigate a single witness, believe he was murdered. Derby coroner Louise Pinder said that there was not enough evidence to say how he died and recorded it as an open verdict. Now, Nick's mother, Tracy Pearson, told Derby in South Derbyshire Coroner's Court in the UK she had a gut feeling there was a fa something foul at play. An inquest had been held in 2014 as his death was being treated as suspicious. Nick's father, Graham, had been the last person to see him when he walked with his son back to where the family was staying. There were no signs he was suicidal. The following morning, the family raised the alarm when Nick failed to answer the door. Pathologist Dr. Michael Biggs told the hearing that there were many injuries on Nick's body, including to the head, limbs and face. But he said the most that he said most of these would have been present prior to his death. Oh, so yeah, okay, gotcha. Although he could not completely rule out the possibility that Nick had been attacked. The coroner concluded that there was not enough evidence to say where or how Nick Pearson met his death. Mm -hmm. Hans Peter Suter in 2014, the same year. There's so many in 2014. Ten days after he went missing from Sari Beach in Koh Tao, the body, that yeah, the body of Swiss tourist Hans Peter Suda, 44, was washed ashore at Talai Nam Beach in Langshan District um, on the Tuesday, November 18th in 2014. He had been dead about 10 days and had left to go snorkeling alone on November 8th. Suta had been a regular snorkeler and his death was totally unexplained. The autopsy stated he had drowned yeah well that's easy to do mm. i don't think he did we're not done dimitri <gasps> dimitri Povsi in 2015 frenchman was 29 he was found hanging from the beam of a rented house on the 1st of january although both of his hands were tied behind the back the police said he could have done this himself as the rope was tied to one hand and a loop was made so the other hand could be inserted. Okay. They also found a suicide note at the scene. A woman, a woman Dimitri had been interested in said he had called her twice on the phone that night, but she had not picked up because she had been asleep. Friends and family remained suspicious of the police investigation and the insistence that Dimitri committed suicide, especially as his hands were tied behind his back. He had also given no indications before his death that he had had suicidal thoughts. Oh. And I managed to find, which is kind of disgusting and brutal, and I haven't decided whether we'll share it or not on socials, but there is a photo of his body. Of his body? Hanging. Okay. Ooh, can you do that thing where it's like a sensitive image number and they have to press it if they want to see I'm it? I'm pretty sure that's almost done um, 
automatically these automatically? days. But oh, okay. anyway, just warning people that that might be appearing. Um, so as I mentioned in the show, Death on the Beach, the main first few episodes were around this next victim. And it's really interesting. I'm going to spend a bit of time going into it. But um, anyway, Christina Annesley in 2015, she was British woman. Um, she was 23. She was found in a room at the In Touch Resort on the 21st of January. There were no signs of a struggle or rape or other human DNA. She was said to have died of natural causes after mixing antibiotics she was taking for a chest infection with alcohol. However, no toxicology report was conducted and the family has contested the police version of events. Now, why Christina Annesley and Hannah and David's story is so interesting that they're relatively close together is that Christina actually was a young student. She was really interested in journalism and in the TV show, they go into detail about how she was supposedly asking questions about all these mysterious deaths that had happened on the island. Oh, okay. And there's a lot of inconsistencies. There was some CCTV footage that was not mentioned in my story that um, suggested that a young boy, son of one of the mafia crime bosses that live on the island, was actually yeah. there on the night that they were killed um there's just lots of really weird things the evidence was thrown into a bag like a paper bag and just left on the back seat of a of of a police car with the clothes from david and hannah so of course Mm, perfect dna was going to be all over the place yeah they're all just mixing together they're just wiping all over each other yeah it's really it's really interesting the the You've got to watch the TV show. They go into a lot more detail than I can possibly sure. go into now. But those two cases are very linked and it's, it's, it's quite interesting. But yeah, yeah there's, the, it, it, it uncovers a lot of very dodgy shit that happens on that island and why it's probably not a good idea that I ask any questions when I'm there. So I will not be doing <laughs> any digging. Don't be doing that. And don't wear your bikini. No bikini. Because you're too pretty, so you'll be murdered. Now, we're still not said. done though, Kate. Oh my gosh. Valent- but wait, yeah. there's more. Yeah, Valentina Novozhenova on February done. 16th, 2015. She was a Russian tourist. She vanished from her hostel on Kotal. She had checked into the hostel on February 11th, five days prior, and was due to check out on that day, the 16th, but failed to do so. A few days later, staff checked her room to discover her mobile phone, passport and camera had all been left behind. The last known video footage of the Russian woman showed her walking to Chaloki Hinkau Bay and never coming back. Police concluded she wanted to break a deep diving record at more than 24 metres and she just didn't survive. Luke Miller, 2016. Lukey. British... British bricklayer was found at the bottom of a swimming pool at the Sunset Bar at Sari Beach on January 6th. His family accused the Thai police of a cover-up. The authorities said he had died after striking the diving board from which he was jumping. Some other reports say he was diving from a DJ booth set up at a party. Okay. But somehow drowned and no one noticed. Yeah. Um, and there have been suspicious reports of hand-sized bruises found on Luke's shoulders. Pushed. He was pushed. Sass. Someone needs to get Marushka Hagate in here. <laughs> Immediately. I'm not done. This one's particularly, 
particularly a bit gruesome and interesting. Now, Elise Delamain in 2017 was a Belgian backpacker. She was found hanging from a tree on April 27th. Elise had been traveling around Asia for two years and before her death had been living at a yoga and tantra retreat on Copenhagen. She was also part of the Satya Sai Baba cult and lived with a self-proclaimed guru. Now, phone records showed that Elise called her mother on Skype on April 17th, 2017, before leaving Copenhagen on a ferry on the 19th. Investigators had no theory to explain her unexpected stopover on Koh Tao on her way back to the mainland and the capital, Bangkok. Her mother, Michelle, claimed that Elise used a fake name of Elise Dubois to check into the Triple B bungalows next to the My Head Pier on Koh Tao. It's right next to where the boat comes in. An unexplained fire that evening burned down three of the bamboo huts, including the one Elise had been staying in. Elise went 1.5 miles through, or 2.5 kilometers, through the jungle to Tenote Bay and took a room at the Poseidon Resort, where she booked another ticket for Bangkok, leaving on the 24th of April. Now, eight days later, locals living near Tenote Bay found Elise's body after becoming suspicious of a giant lizard that kept on going back and forth into the jungle. Mm. They followed the animal and discovered that it had been feeding on Elise's remains, which which were found among rocks behind the Tenote Family Bay Resort. The body had to be identified using dental records and previous x-rays. Now, controversially, Surat Thani Governor Achuya Inak dismissed as untrue some foreign news reports which claimed reptiles had eaten half of Delamain's body. Um, oh, that's like 50 letters long. Um, <laughs> Pol, I'll call him, was director of the Perfect. Institute of Forensic Science at Police General Hospital in Bangkok, said there were wounds around the neck due to the hanging and some non-fatal bruises in the head and no drugs were found in the body. Pole, as acting chief of police in the region eight, said that the Delamain case, the cause of death was suffocation. There were no signs of fighting or struggle, nor were foreign objects or substances that could cause loss of consciousness found in the body. Posts on social media said that Delamain had booked a ticket to Champon province on the mainland and that her luggage arrived after her death, raising questions of her intentions to take her own life. Yeah. At least why would you send your luggage? Like, why would you? Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't why. be bothered, right? No. Now, Elisa's mother, Michelle, says she does not believe the Thai police's version of events and amid fears, authorities are working to suppress speculation about the many murders on the island. We're still going. Oh, my God. Burned Grosh, that's his name, in 2018. Now, his body was found at his home deep in the jungle in the Mai Head part of Koh Tao. He had recently returned to the island after building up a motorbike rental business. He originally moved to the island in the late 1990s, but left in 2016 after becoming frustrated with the corruption and hostility towards foreign business owners. He started another business in neighboring island Copenhagen before returning in March 2018 to tie up loose ends. Burned had also recently separated from his wife, a Kotal native with whom he had a seven-year-old daughter. Uh, and they've been living with this. Uh, they've been living with her sister Monica in Germany. Now Burns' family uh, said that the authorities told them he had died of heart failure or had been bitten by a snake. 
Coincidentally, pictures of Byrne with a snake were to be found online, but they were skeptical that he was and, and he was fit and healthy at the time of his death. They claim they did not receive an autopsy report and say his body was sent against their wishes to the same Bangkok hospital that carried out botched reports on the bodies of two Brits murdered on the same island in 2014. 2014, it's the year, it's the magical year. Burns' cousin, Christina, said, We cannot accept what the Thai authorities on the island are telling us. We are furious that we have not been able to have an approved independent forensic examination. International experts criticised the DNA testing done by the hospital at the time with claims that samples were tampered with in order to falsely incriminate two Burmese workers. Blah, blah, blah. And lucky last. Yes, I think this is the last one. Alexander Bushpun in 2018. He was from Mol- Bushpig. Bushpun. Bushpun. <laughs> Bushpun. <laughs> Alexander Bushpun. Uh, in 2018, he was from Moldova. He was found dead in the sea off Hardy Sai Ri on Kotel on Tuesday, October 9th. Police recovered the body and took it to neighbouring island of Copenhagen. They believe he had accidentally drowned and was thought to have been dead for around 12 hours when his body was retrieved. He entered the country on the 26th of September before travelling to the island where he stayed at the Monsoon Gym and Fight Club. Witnesses said he was that said items belonging to the Moldovan were seen in the early hours of Tuesday morning and police were alerted. Aaron Klauklong, a security guard from the Big Blue Diving Shop, told police he, he found a mobile phone, clothes, a hotel key, shoes, an ID at the beach at 1.30am during his beach patrol. The items were still there at 3am and he called police. There were apparently no signs of robbery or attack in the room at the hotel where Alexander had been staying and the police quickly closed the inquiry, stating he had drowned whilst swimming. He's just drowned. <sighs> okay. So how many is that? How many do I have to put on my whiteboard? That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve people <gasps> since 2012. Ten years that have... You know, granted, not all of these are, you know, necessarily suspicious. But they sound like it. Oh, Death Island. It lives up to its bloody name. So, yeah, thanks for for going that long with me, Kate. But I just, I could not believe what I was reading. How much was going on? And you're going there. I'm I'm there. (laughs) You're there. As people are listening to this, you are there. So please keep me in your thoughts and prayers because we know how effective they are. Absolutely. Um, I'm not going to ask any questions, but uh, and no disrespect to Thailand or the island of Koh Tao. I'm sure it's lovely nah. and everyone is lovely there, but there's some suspicious Loads things of people going. Wrote these articles, absolutely. Oh. Well, Dom, I look forward to fingers crossed our next episode together. <laughs> oh God, I need a drink after that. That was a long one, but I was so there was yeah, so many dead people. Yeah. I hope you're having the best time in Thailand as we're listening. Uh, <laughs> good little happy story to go over and have your holly. Well, the thing is, the reason why I'm going to Koh Tao is because Kane, my partner, one of my partners, is big into diving. And Amazing. we all know that Dominic is super, super afraid of the ocean, but I'm facing yes. my fear, people. <gasps> Are you going to go? And I'm going to go diving for four Ooh. days. I'm going to get qualified and I'm going to wait until I get back to do an episode on 
probably, you know, my inevitable shark attack and the sea monsters that, that I find <laughs> and all the terrible things that happen under the sea. That sounds amazing. But I'm doing it because I'm brave. I love it. You are so brave. Well done. And thank you so much for this story today. Uh, listeners, make sure you go onto our social media things. We love that. We love you. And we're going to see you next week. We'll not see you, but you'll hear us. Yeah. Love you all. <laughs> Ciao, everybody. Have a great time. Bye. Mwah, mwah, mwah. <laughs> That's a wrap. Big shout out to everyone for tuning in to Shit and Bricks. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us. Plus, you can find extra little nuggets on our socials. Next week, we'll be back talking more shit, so do not forget to tune in. And remember to wipe, flush, and wash your hands. Goodbye. Goodbye.